0: Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service.
1: Father, I'm asking that your people would hear your voice today and not mine. I'm asking that your word would change us, shape us, and mold us like only you can do. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. 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 Please be seated i to go kind of quickly because I didn't get as far as I'd like to get to first service, but I also want to make sure that we do just in a, in a, our very best at, at teaching this concept because if you can understand what I'm teaching today and the topic that we're in, it will change the rest of your whole life. We're talking about no substitute. There are things in your life that have a substitute. Occasionally, you had a substitute teacher. If you're still in school, you might still get a substitute teacher. And the substitute teacher sat in the same desk as the actual teacher, wrote on the same chalkboard as the actual teacher. But you did not behave the same, come on, somebody, when there was a substitute as you did when the actual teacher was there. Because the actual teacher, even if it was just perception, but we perceived that the actual teacher held more authority. There are things in your life that do not hold the same authority and cannot be substituted when you substitute them. Another substitute would be like a sugar substitute where everything is compared to the real thing. So for instance, if somebody is like, like I found that there's like three different categories of sugar. Well, there used to be three. Now there's like 15. But, but, but used to be was three, you had the equal crowd, you had the sweet and low crowd. And then all of a sudden the new kid on the block a few years ago, you had the Splenda crowd and everybody says the exact same thing. They said, it almost tastes just like sugar. That's because it's not sugar. Come on somebody. It's a substitute. Furthermore, you can have counterfeit money and that money will fold up. You can put it in your pocket. You might even be able to use it in some situations and nobody know the difference. But if it's ever put under under scrutiny, if it's ever put under a microscope, then all of a sudden you will find out it might look the same. It might feel the same, but it does not carry the same weight doesn't have the same value. So in some things in life, there is no substitute. One of those areas where there is no substitute is the realm of faith. Somebody say faith. Faith. We'll find out in just a second that faith is the air is the way or the area in your life that you can please God. So if it is the way to please God, we ought to know exactly what faith is. Or if we do not, we will start to utilize what we read in a fortune cookie and call it faith. We will take a Hallmark card that was written poetically for the purpose of charging you $7.95 for a piece of folded paper and we will use that as faith instead of where faith derives from the word of the living God. Open your Bible to Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number one. Now, somebody say now. Now faith is. So faith has a timetable. Faith is now and faith must be present. You will not break through what you need to break through today expecting last week's faith to do it. No matter if you've lived for God for five minutes or 500 years, you're going to have to live by faith. Now faith is. It's not something that happened yesterday and that does it for me. No, faith is something that must be relevant and present in your life in any given moment because faith has a timetable and that timetable is right this very second. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That word substance is an interesting word in the original language. It's two words mashed up. It says stand under. So faith, the belief, is the substance or it is what we stand under. When you come to this church, we have a vision. If you know it, say it with me. We exist to love people and point them to Christ. If you come to this church and hate people, we would ask that you do not tell people that you go to this church because that's part of what you're committing to stand under. When you become a part of this church, you're committing to love people and point them to Christ, not just to love Christ and point at people. Come on, somebody. That's our vision, to love people and point them to Christ. And that's what you've chosen to stand under. That means when somebody is rude to you, I can't just go get out from under what I'm standing under. I have to stay underneath it because when I stay underneath it, I have the protection of what I am standing under. If you and I are in a rainstorm and I have an umbrella and you don't, you and I have two very different experiences in the exact same environment. I'm standing under something and I am protected from the elements. In the exact same storm that is soaking someone else. Because faith is what you stand under and it is the evidence. Somebody say evidence. That means it's my proof. You go to court, they're going to say, what evidence do you have? And you're going to need to present something that will allow for hopefully a just judgment to take place in the course of events. It's your evidence, but faith is what we stand under and it's our evidence in the realm that we can't see. That means you got to know from now till Jesus comes back or at 120 years old, when you cross over and see him face to face up in heaven, you got to know there's going to be an element of the unknown in your life. And God knew about it. Because faith is for the stuff you can't see. Here's a big one. We've taught this already. Wisdom is for the stuff you can see. And one of the biggest challenges we have is when it's time to take a step of faith, wisdom sometimes will talk you out of it. Wisdom. But when it's time to make a wise choice, sometimes we'll fall on faith like it's a crutch for our stupidity. Can you say stupidity in church, Jake? Well, you say all kind of stuff in church. Never mind. That's the wrong guy. If you can see it, wisdom. If you can't see it, faith. If you can see it, wisdom. If you can't see it, faith. So you can't put wisdom where faith goes and you can't put faith where wisdom goes. There's a bucket of rattlesnakes Don't put your hand in the snakes. Oh, but he said we'd take up serpents. You do it in line with how the Bible shows it, and there's not one place in the Bible where the people of God says, let's grab some snakes and pick them up for show. That's called tempting the Lord your God. You don't put wisdom where faith goes, and you don't put faith where wisdom goes. But you have to understand that faith is our proof. So everybody's gonna ask you, how do you know God's gonna work? You say Faith. They say, well, I can't see, I, I can't see how he's going to work. And you say, that's what I just said. Yeah. Because faith is that it's, it's our evidence. If I could see it, I'm responsible. If there's a nail in my tire and I decide to drive to California, come on somebody. For lack of knowledge, my people perish. You should have known, come on, that nail wasn't going to make it to California. That's wisdom or lack thereof. Faith is for what you can't see. Faith is for when your kids go to college. Faith is when you can't see how it's all going to happen. You're just going to follow God anyway. Faith is what we stand under. I got got to hurry up because I want to get to two keys this morning that we haven't shared yet. For by faith or by it, the elders obtained... A good report. Somebody say report. Report. Through faith, we understand the world's framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were made of things which do appear, which do not appear. We're not made of things which do appear. What he's saying is everything you see comes from the unseen world. Everything you see comes, has its origin in the unseen world. So why would you constantly talk to people that you can see when you have a problem that you can't see the answer to? You got to talk to somebody that's operating in the unseen realm about the thing that you can't see the answer to, because that's where the origin of the whole thing plays out. Can I say it differently? God created the earth and everything we see. In six days and rested on the seventh. I could argue that six ways from Sunday, no pun intended. How it happened, when it happened, but the truth of it is, you can't explain it finitely because you see through a glass darkly. God sees the end from the beginning, and you barely see through the pane of glass that's in front of our face. So the reality of what he's saying is, You got to understand everything was formed and you're going to have to understand that it was formed by the word of God and it's going to take faith for you to believe it. And faith is believing something that you can't see. That means I don't care how many missing links they come up with. I did not evolve from an amoeba out of a mud hole. Come on somebody. It takes more faith to believe that than it does on Jesus. But what happens is simple. There's a place in Christianity and it gets overlooked because the longer we live for God, the more we feel like we have to have everything figured out. And it's an unjust responsibility that puts a government on your shoulders that your shoulders are not prepared to carry. You got to understand that you do not and will not have it all figured out, yet you're still going to have to make some decisions along the way because faith. Has a time frame, it's now, and it's what we stand under, and it's our evidence when nothing makes sense. And we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God, even though we couldn't explain it in a 10,000 page essay. Fully. We could understand part of it. We can understand part of it. We can't explain the whole thing. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness. Somebody say Witness. Same word, it's in verse, uh, verse number two, where the Bible calls, and says, for by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. That word witness and report's the same word. It's the word martyr Noah. It's where we get the word martyr. In other words, he said, Abel obtained a good report, not just because he offered a sacrifice, but because he offered a sacrifice by faith. You can give and it not be by faith. You can give out of guilt. You can give out an obligation or you can give by faith. You can do something. Listen, because it's not just about saying a thing. Come on, somebody. It's not just about what we do. Come on, Abel offered a great sacrifice, but it's not just about what we do. His was considered more excellent or accepted by God because it had faith with it. Well, what is faith? Faith is what I stand under. What do I stand under? I stand on the belief that God's word has the final say in my life. More so than what? More so than anything I can see. So faith says what you want to see. While sight says what you see. There has to be a shift. And the point that I'm driving all this home with is we got to understand there's no substitute for this. You can't love people enough and bypass this. You there are great organizations out there that are godless that do good things. There are godly or supposedly godless or supposedly godly organizations that do not do good things. What you do is not on the scale of your eternity. What you believe is on the scale of your eternity. And when you begin to believe right, then you begin to do different. Come on, somebody. It's a, complete, it's a complete shift. You don't go fishing and clean the fish and then bring it into your boat. You catch the nasty, slimy fish, then before it is useful, it must be cleaned. So for you and for me, it's a shift When we begin to understand, Abel's sacrifice was not accepted just because it was a blood sacrifice. It was accepted because it had faith with it. The Bible said God testified of his gifts and by it being dead even still speaks. The Bible says the blood of Abel, the blood of the innocent, cried out unto God even after he expired. Did you know there's still some blood crying out on your behalf? Come on, somebody. But you don't believe that. And then... And 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 then move without knowing that that's a fact. It requires a belief structure that you decide to stand under. And I'm just going to tell you, you're going to be around a lot of people because if you can't if you can't see anything else in society, hear this preacher today. There's no such thing as a moderate. Turn the news on this afternoon. There is no such thing as a moderate. They're not even addressed. Some of y'all are going to get real excited when I say this. Does anybody know who Aaron Tippin is? <laughs> he sang a song. He said you have to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. The days of lukewarm Christianity are over. There's no more moderates. You're going to have to choose to live by faith. And you're going to have to choose to live by faith every single day. And when you do, it will be tried. And when you do, it will be challenged. But just because it's tried and just because it's challenged does not make you exempt from something, something that there is no substitute for. I'll tell you like I tell our youth pastor, Sergeant James. I said, Sergeant James, I don't care if you have 10 or 10,000 youth, but I want them all to be fire-breathing dragons. I said I want the gifts of the Spirit, the fire of God, the Word of God. I want them quoting the Word. I want them memorizing the Word. I want them filled with the Word of the living God. I don't care if it's two of them or 222 of them. I want fire-breathing dragons because the way that the world is going, lukewarm Christianity is going to leave a lot of people high and dry pretty soon. You're going to wake up and you're going to go. Oh my goodness gracious! I never chose faith. You constantly chose what you could see, and it shifted the entire dynamic of your life, where everything had to be understood, everything had to be explained. When God Himself said, "There are things you will never, you will never be able to explain, and there are things that you'll never be able to understand, except you decide." My belief in that Bible explains what I cannot see, and though He slay me, yet yet will I serve him. That is Christianity. That's why Peter said, when they said, we're going to kill you, they said, then put my cross upside down. That's when the apostles, that's why when the apostles were boiled in oil, they considered it an honor to be boiled in oil. That's why when the disciples, before they got the baptism, the Holy Spirit, they were running for their life. And as soon as they got the baptism, the Holy Spirit, they said, kill me if you want to, but you can't shut me up if you have to. There is something that has to shift and it requires faith and there's no substitute. And you're going to have to start standing. You're going to have to start standing on the word of God that you know until more of that word is revealed to you. The days of going to church and walking out unchanged are over. The days of going to church have been threatened. I have nothing but respect for ministers and pastors and preachers, so I'm not talking about anything or anybody. But when a decision can be made like that, that shuts down the house of God, the days of lukewarm Christianity are over. The days of of were, were Christian on Sunday is over. You are either a Christian, and I mean this with all due respect, or you are not. And if you don't love people and point them to Christ, I wish you would stop telling people you're a Christian. We got enough we're dealing with. Somebody's got to stand up and just decide he is the way, the truth, and the life. You don't have to believe it, but we're not moving one single inch off of that fact. Because at the end of this thing, there's going to be stuff that you don't understand. There's going to be stuff that you don't have the finite answer for. And the devil has tried to make Christians be able to explain everything or they feel all insecure about it. When the Bible actually says, you just need to tell them, of course I can't see it. That's faith. Well, how do you know it's all going to work out? Faith. Husband and wife, if you want to have a baby, let me just tell you something: you're not going to be ready. You're, you're going to have to decide by faith. We're just going to have a baby. Come on, somebody. If, you, if it's time and you want to, you can't dissect the thing, you know, infinitely. The decision, infinitely, it's never going to make sense. I remember we had we had our first baby, Haley everything went good. We had the first doctor's appointment. Some of y'all might remember this. It's like a week into the baby. The week once the baby comes out, you know. You got like a week later and you take the baby to the doctor. I'm like, we just left the doctor. We go to the doctor. We're driving. Got a little SUV. Crystal's sitting in the passenger seat. She's turned around looking at the baby carrier in the back. You moms know what I'm talking about. Staring at it. Eyes this big. Heart's just bulging out of her eyes. We've had the baby a week. She says, can you even imagine what life was like without her? I said, yeah, babe, I remember what it was like to go out to eat. <laughs> Come on, I remember what it was like to get like more than an hour of sleep at a time. Come on, somebody. You're not going to be ready. There's a lot of things in life. You just got to make a step of faith and understand you're not going to see all the answers on this side of it. You're going to have to swing your leg over the side of the boat and see if your foot will stand up on the water. Somebody say by faith. faith. All right, let's move on. The Bible says in verse five, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony. He pleased God. Verse six, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. Somebody say is. Is is a present tense participle. Now faith is present tense participle. When Moses asked God, who do, I tell, who do I tell them that sent me? He said, I am that I am present tense participle. God is always in the present. He's always in the present. Now faith is. God said, I am. It's a shift when we begin to understand God is operating in the present. He's not operating in your past. Thank God he's not just operating in the past because your past looked like a train wreck. Your past is the fact, it it verifies that he's faithful, but his present is the fact that verifies he's still faithful. It says, now faith is. God said, I am. The scripture goes on. To say that if you're going to come to God, you have to believe that He is. Somebody say, Is. is. Go to the next half of that verse. And. Somebody say, And. and. All right, this is the part going to change. I may not get to anything else today. This is it right here. You get this. You get this. Rocket ship. You miss this. You'll go around the merry go round. Wondering what God's like. Is He mad at me? He's not mad at me. God's anger was extinguished with three nails. Somebody say, and. If you're going to come to God, you got to believe that he is. And. Now, I'm not an English major, okay? Matter of fact, when I got to college and started, uh, I, I did engineering and I had to take English classes And it was a frustration to me because it just, it didn't feel like it was a part of what I wanted to do, but I I had to go through it anyway, but I'm not the best English scholar, but I am aware that when you say the word and there's a requirement for the next thing coming to be a part of what you're talking about before. For example, if you take some ground meat, come on, somebody, anybody hungry? Put some seasoning with it, some cumin, a little chili pepper, come on somebody, a little onion powder, let it sizzle for a minute. Take you a flour tortilla, come on somebody. Put that meat in that tortilla, put anything else you want on it, but by itself it's already a taco. So a tortilla and some meat, you got a taco. You get rid of the tortilla, all you got some meat. It's not a taco. He said, when you come to God, you have to believe that he is, that's half of it, and there's another component. You can't come to God, listen, you can't come to God if you only believe that he is. The devil believes that he is. The woman with the issue of blood is in a crowd of people and everybody around him is going, oh, the the son of God, the lamb of God. Oh, my goodness gracious. But one of them believed if they touched the hem of his garment, that they'd be healed. In other words, everybody believed that he was. But only one of them in the crowd believed he was a rewarder of them that diligently pursue him. Will you diligently pursue God, your life is going to look drastically different than everybody, you know, that doesn't pursue God. And there's nothing wrong with that any more so than it's than it would be wrong for you to buy your kids school clothes. You don't buy every kid on the planet school clothes. I know your heart would if you could, but your kids have a favored position. Listen to this, because they were formed and born in your house, therefore they represent you, your lowercase K kingdom. And whenever they represent, when they represent your kingdom, you want them to look, walk, act a certain way. Therefore, that when you begin to see them pursue the things that you want them to pursue, you are a rewarder of them that are following after what you laid out. This is what our God is. So when you come to him, you can't just come to him and act like, oh God, I know you're there, so whatever. If it's your will to heal me, you just told God you don't know his Bible. Watch this. I just shifted gears because I felt myself going into overdrive. Oh, God, if you want to bless me, bless me. If you don't, don't. You just verified you don't know what his book says. If you come to me and call me Tom, I'm not answering. That's not who I am. You start calling God something he's not. He's not bound to answer. You have to come to him and say, man, I know you're there. Even when I don't feel that you're there, even when I can't sense that you're there. I know that you stick closer to me than my own family. I know when I don't feel you, you're more present than you are. Possibly when I do feel you, but it's not just you being here. I also know you are a rewarder of them that diligently seek you. The woman with issue of blood goes through the crowd if i could just get to the hem of his garment he got everybody around him touching the same jesus with no power moving why they didn't believe that he was a rewarder of them that pressed through the circumstances until they touched the edge of his garment you can't just come to god any old way you want to you can't just walk in the throne room if you're not bathed in that blood. You can't walk in the throne room of heaven and act like anything you did or didn't do is what qualifies you there. No, you have to walk in there knowing exactly who you are is who he says you are. And who he says you are is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, when you keep saying, I'm just an old sinner, you're arguing with what he said about you. You were a sinner. Oh, but it sounds better to say well I'm just an old sinner any old thing that bounced out of heaven just happens to be just a little bit of a benefit in my life and I just get by if the Lord would just help me get by then I'd just be a little bit better and ooh I tell you what I'm just an old worthless just sinner God didn't say you're a sinner anymore he said who the son has set free is free indeed If we got back to the concept of how free we really were, we really are in Jesus, we wouldn't be having people coming and going in the kingdom because in the kingdom is more freedom than you'll ever find outside of the kingdom. Everything is lawful unto me. Everything's just not expedient or prudent for me. The law's not for me. The law's for the lawless. I don't need a law to tell me not to slap somebody in the mouth. I'm a Christian. Some of y'all were like, well, I'm just saying. <laughs> come on, I need to tie this up. I need to wrap this up. But you can't come to God acting, oh, any kind of way, acting like he's something different than he is. If somebody comes to your house and your last name's Williams, and they call you Mister Mr. Jones, you don't have any obligation to answer. That's not who you are. If you come to him, You have to believe that he is. Not that he was. He's not just your grandma's God. That's the beautiful thing about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. Each one of them had to know God for themselves. That's why God chose us generations in the Bible to let you know that yours won't be lost. But everybody's got to know him for themselves. Because at the end of this thing, it's not... Your grandma's relationship with God that sets you free. It might have set you up to be set free, but that's not what set you free. What sets you free is your standing under the pistis, that's the original language, the faith or the belief that God's word is true. And there will never be a substitute for that. And no matter how long you live for God, you'll never be exempt from it. I think it's time we break out. I think it's time. I'll just say this too: it doesn't take everybody, but it's time to break out. I'm, I'm not. I'm not living. I'm not living a less than life. I say that as a fact, and I also declare that over my future. My life is far from normal. When I say the blessing, of the Lord overtakes me. I mean crazy stuff happens crazy stuff but I chose a long time ago to believe that he's a rewarder because the exact same way that you can't just say Jesus Lord not believe and expect it to have any impact in your life you can't come to him and act like this is not who he is you'll miss God and then you'll blame God and all the people of God that doesn't work for me. That's what you'll say. When the truth of the matter is, it would have worked for you, but you didn't believe it. You might have done it, but you didn't believe it. You might have said it, but you didn't believe it. You, there's not a substitute for what you believe. You can't say your way out of something you don't believe. You have to believe it. It has to be in here. And it, that, that's the evidence itself. So when you can't see it, that's what you're presenting as evidence in the courts of eternity. When the devil comes and reminds you that your money's not touching or agreeing, you're sitting there still declaring, God's going to make me the head and not the tail. How do you know? It's right there. The devil's like, I can't see it. You say, me either. That's how I know God's doing it. He said, well, no, I got, a, I got a bad report on my body. And, and I know uh, uh, the Bible's true. Isaiah 53, 5, by his stripes I'm healed, but I'm not seeing it. That's how you know God's working. That's how you know he's doing it. That's how you know he's changing the circumstance and the situation and the condition and the position. That's how you know it's happening is because you cannot see it. That is the realm that believers and kingdom people are supposed to be functioning in at the highest level, not in the realm that you can see. That's wisdom. But you can't just go coming to God acting like he used to work. And you can't just go coming to God act like He used to work. And He might He might be out to get you. You got to come to God how He said you come to God. If you're going to come to God, you got to come to God and know this: that He is just like He told Moses, "I am." You got to come to God and not just know that He exists, because existing might not help you. If you have a flat tire, I have a tire tool, but I'm just standing there. I might be present, but not helping you. God is where you are, whether you recognize him or not. Have you ever been in a room and been ignored? It's the same thing with God. He's ignored most places and lots of churches. He walks in and nobody says boo. You can't. so, So his presence doesn't always change the situation. You say, oh, everywhere he shows up, something happens. I kind of believe that, but I also know the Bible. How come everybody wasn't healed when the woman of issue, with issue of blood was healed? Because his presence, without faith associated with it and who he is really like, doesn't give you the access to him. You say, well, everybody saw him, but everybody didn't see that dynamite. Dynamite. The original language says dunamis, dynamite power shot out of Jesus into her. And what was beautiful is is Jesus didn't stop and touch her. She touched him. Oh, I wish God would just stop and do something for me. Won't you touch him? You don't understand what I'm going through. The Bible says... Under every circumstance and every trial God makes a way of escape for you. Oh but you don't know what I've been through preacher it sounds to me like you're trying to testify you're just doing it poorly because you could say the exact same thing like this what he's brought me through See it could have gone different. had a, my son had a, had a bicycle wreck last week cracked his helmet was knocked out for almost two minutes. I'm standing over his lifeless body on my knees. Before I said a word, I said, thank you, Jesus, that not one thing will be wrong with this boy. Thank you, Jesus, that there won't be any residual impact. Thank you, Jesus, that he'll live out his days and he will fulfill the will of God in his life. In the name of Jesus Christ, I declare that. Amen. Then I said, now, Walker Lee, wake up. For two minutes. Wake up. Listen to your daddy's son. Wake up. Cold water all over him. Wake up. Come to my voice, son. You hear me now. Wake up. Because faith is doesn't say what it sees it says what it wants to see first thing out of his mouth was daddy I said move your hand move your foot move your other foot now it's time to stand up you don't know when if I would have foreseen the wreck, we would have never ridden that day. That would have been wisdom. Is this hitting yet? Yes. Faith is for what you cannot see. And there is no substitute. You have to stand under this belief. You have to understand that the unseen realm is what produces your evidence and when you come to him you can't just believe that he exists every devil worshiping witch believes that they're terrified of our God whether they ever admit it or not it's not just that he exists You have to believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Lift one hand to heaven. Over every person, under the sound of my voice, watching online, live, as well as the replay, I speak an extravagant season of blessing over your life. You are pursuing God you're diligently seeking God. Right now, Father, corporately and individually, we repent of any area that we need to repent, but we're not putting ourselves outside of your flock. We belong to you and we will diligently seek you. And in the process, you are a rewarder. I command a double, triple, quadruple fold return on all of the children associated with this house and the grandchildren associated with this house, because you are a rewarder. And even myself as a parent, I long for nothing more than to watch my children flourish. So I declare in uncertain times, you are certainly a rewarder of them that diligently seek you. Now, Lord God, I'm asking you to seal this word today. I'm asking that we would recognize that not seeing all the answers is not a negative, but it's actually a verifiable fact that you're working behind the scenes. I thank you, Lord God, that our faith is built up on your word. I thank you that we are shifted according to your word. I thank you that as we stretch out. To touch just the edge of your garment, that that dynamite power of God fill us from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. For every lukewarm Christian watching this, I call you to higher places and I say, take up your place. Follow God with your whole heart. Stop the wishy-washy side of it. Believe God. Stand on his word. Love people and point them to Christ. And don't make excuses when you miss it. Just move on. Don't blame your circumstances. Just move on. Knowing. That he's there. And he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Come on, if you received anything today, can you give God a hand clap of praise this morning?
0: I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you. Ready when you are.